1: Cast. Hell yeah, brother!
0: Overload, brother. Beats by
1: At Smoke m 2 6
2: Welcome to another episode of Seattle Overload. This week, we're going to be looking at. This week implies we're weekly. We'll try and be weekly. We we this episode
1: is probably safer phrasing. This episode mm. of it's Seattle perfect. Overload.
0: This episode of Seattle Overload is brought to you by nothing, unfortunately. Please, someone sponsor us. Yes. Starring
1: Maddie F. Brown. 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 Wow. There's a, a C Stollis, 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 Stollis. Griffin Sturgeon. 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 Can we edit in SNL music, intro music during that portion?
0: No. It's anyway.
1: yeah. yeah. Um, Matty, I'm, we'll looking I'm, looking at... I'm doing fine, Maddie. Thanks for asking. How are you? Yeah. And Ty, Let's... how are you?
2: No problem. I was fine until you, uh, there was a mutiny for the host spot, it, it seems. It um,
1: I'm such a good host. I was just being efficient. You snooze, you lose. Yeah, I'm just trying to stay on track is all.
2: We're going to be looking at the state of the Seahawks 2022 roster as currently constructed. I am sure they will add multiple new players and cut a few surprises along the way. As they look to evoke the same kind of atmosphere as they had in 2010, 11, 12, and the roster, particularly 11, I'd say. So, how do you feel about the roster? First, we'll start with the offense. Griffin, best position groups.
1: Oh, we're just going straight into superlatives. Best position group is probably uh, receiver. Um, Do we group, or how about this? Best position group is. Players that catch the ball, so no, that's not tight ends. That's the
2: running backs catch the ball,
1: they do, but they don't catch the ball the most. Although, although, let's let's consider what offense they're running players who predominantly run routes. There you go, that better. But, but, but that said, to your point, Todd Gurley had like what 80 targets in 2017 and then like 60 in 2018. Which that's that's actually where the conversation gets interesting regarding kenneth walker but anyway i digress we spoke Um, about that yeah yeah that's right um because remember you can't get those targets without him getting the carries because they're part of out of the same formation same situations but anyway so receivers and let's just go receivers uh you've got dk metcalf man tyler lockett and then beyond that i think they have really interesting depth they just signed marquis goodwin but so the main thing to look for this year obviously is can Dwayne eskridge be like a feature of the offense and what's interesting about him to me is not just you know his tape yeah there his college tape was certainly there were some exciting things but there are some reservations you know uh like he wasn't an offense that required him to run a lot of routes you do worry about the um his ability to like make to change direction without adding too many steps and stuff like he's not really lacking that that greatly in that department like he actually is agile he's just not you know he's not Brandon Cooks and that's a guy that he'll probably be comped to but what's interesting about him is that Shane Waldron wanted in his words three threats so we can assume that Dwayne Eskridge was a big target for them in the draft and it's who their new coordinator wanted. So that's, that's a good sign right there. So that means that they probably have high hopes for him and we can expect a good degree of Dwayne Eskridge usage, even just beyond the targets though, he's a big part of their ability to jet motion, to be interchangeable schematically with him and locket. And that's a big deal, not just again, the production, but like who is aware that just affords you more versatility. So that's a big deal. Um, Freddie Swain, I think, actually has maybe more to him than uh, he has been able to show to date uh, for whatever it's it's worth. Geno Smith really seemed to like him, especially when they would go into gun and they're more pure dropback stuff. Um, And he's pretty crafty after the catch. Um, And I think he also fits the rough profile of receiver types, archetypes that the Rams have had. So there's that. Um, they just signed Marquise Goodwin. Goodwin is very much a burner, deep post. He can run down the sideline as well. But where it gets really intriguing there for me is that, and I watched a little bit of him at Chicago, all the traits are still there. The skills are still there. I mean, granted, he is 32, so you're probably not going to see a lot of a lot of targets or anything. But what's really intriguing with him is, yes, he's a burner, but he can run routes like in breaking Mm. routes that the offense requires outbreaking routes. Like those, uh, those um, like uh, deep outs at like, we're not deep outs, but intermediate outs um, like those blaze outs where you um, stem with inside leverage. And then you break out to the sideline and the quarterback can just put the ball in the landmark and he'll just run into the ball and catch it. He can run those. He can run the dig route uh, that, you know, that drift route, that speed cut dig route, basically and under center play action. And he can run those big dig routes when they go into gun um, that they run out of a variety of um, concepts. So he kind of fits the uh, the profile of just those common like flagship routes of what we call the Rams offense. Interesting, because
2: um, Pete Carroll, he mentions how uh, returning wide receiver's coach Sanjay Lowe really found it useful having Goodwin back because he – can show guys how sanjay coaches route running and how to run certain routes and that's like he's basically a very good route runner so good that you've seen that on the tape as well
1: yeah and then obviously we're going to see what what they have in bo melton maddie i know you were watching a lot of him but bo melton seems like as seventh round as seventh rounders go he looks like a guy that could have gone in the fifth round and no one would have blinked an eye probably and Mm. um And then from there you can like there's a path for a fifth rounder that maybe isn't there for most seventh rounders, but he seems like he's got awesome traits and skills, but he just needs some serious refinement. But Maddie, what did you see in Bo Melton watching him?
2: Well, kind of like Escridge's take where he's a very he was a very scrappy run blocker, although Melton absolutely put his body on the line. He was throwing himself at people. Uh playing with Rutgers, obviously, heavy run offense. Um and trying to get creative because of the, their talent deficiencies largely. Uh, so his opportunities are kind of limited, especially because their quarterback as well couldn't really push the ball down the field very well or actually read concepts that well. So it's very much he was kind of their yak guy. So bubbles, shallow screens, uh, little hitches versus off coverage, where he, he was very good at stiff arming the first guy and, 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 bit upright but stiff arming the first guy and and kind of shifty and obviously a dynamic threat after the catch uh but, which ties
1: into like the jet sweeps and stuff too right mm-hmm.
2: yes yes but um in terms of like downfield stuff it's, it's and route running it's kind of um, an unknown there's an element of him running around guys rather than winning the red line or using his upper body with his lower body stuff um and his hand uses definitely needs work in that area and so that, that's a projection, but he can come in and just take the load off. And the way I see Goodwin as well is taking the load off Eskridge. Like last year, they didn't have a fly sweep threat after Eskridge got hurt. Like like Lockett could kind of do it, but you don't really want him to be doing that. And also then who's the guy running the second downfield re- Right. with Metcalf? There isn't anyone really who can fulfill that skill set. Now, if Eskridge doesn't take off or he gets hurt again, hopefully not, but could happen. Now they've got Goodwin and Melton now. They Tried last year, like they had Penny Hart, but he's I mean, four six speed. He he sometimes looks fast, sometimes he doesn't. And then they had Dorset brought back into the fold, but he, his time in Seattle just seemed cursed. Yeah. But now it, I think they've got a few more options. And heck, even like a Derek Young who's come in from that yeah. offense where they used to run the wing T. he just same play, like he can line up as a wing and carry the football. He's got that experience, and he's also a dynamic threat. Uh, Mel- Melton has. Uh very similar athletic profiles we spoke about to to um to Lockett and uh, Baldwin's kind of a combination of the two. He has elements to his game which are like Lockett and how he sort of waits for the ball um as a receiver on the underneath stuff. Uh it'll be it'll be interesting. The thing for him was at the senior bowl when he was like had actual quarterbacks throwing him the football. Um he was still running around guys but his movement skills were good and he was causing kobe bryant problems uh, in his press line of scrimmage releases with like a, a half step half step uh, drop your weight one way like a crossover or a downhill slalom skier and then breaks to the other side and getting um getting kobe bryant to lock his hips to the outside by stepping forward with the with the outside foot thinking it was an inside release and then beating him to the outside so, you know, there's stuff to work with there. like And and even his running on downfield concepts where he didn't get the football, like there's legit, like intermediate, like over stuff where you're like, damn, if he'd been throwing the football here, like I'm intrigued. So,
1: yeah, we, yeah, so, like, yeah go ahead.
2: Like you said, could have been a, a fifth round pick.
1: Yeah, so the thing with Milton is I mean, well, the fifth thing is all of the, the things that you just said, but just to add further, like, yeah, he is a raw route runner and part of that is Part of what probably led to that in his college career is because of the type of offense that he was in. Like you get good at what you practice, I would imagine. But um, hopefully. like <laughs> yeah, hopefully. But so like he's a raw route runner, but on in breaking stuff, when he does make the cut, he doesn't lose speed on it. I mean, you you literally do lose speed. That's impossible not to lose speed. But relative to like other receivers, he's not losing a lot of speed. Which when he does make like in breaking any sort of in breaking route. So that that is that right there. You just combine with his athletic profile, like he did have a good three cone, at his pro day six eight one, and combine with his long speed, and you just you see that on tape uh, where he doesn't really lose his speed on in breaking um, in breaking routes. That's a lot to work with, um, I think. So you know he's coming to, into a, an offense where where uh, I mean every separation is important for every offense, but he's coming into an offense now where horizontally breaking routes are going to feature more than they have in Seattle. So we can fathom that they can fathom as in the coaches are expecting more from him there. And they're going to be, he's probably going to be practicing those types of routes more than he ever has. Um, The other thing that go ahead.
2: Well, it's it's interesting how him Swain, to a degree, but then certainly Eskridge and uh, Goodwin, they all you can see them having very similar deployment in this offense
1: yes and i was literally i was literally going to make that point and like all three of them there's some there's enough overlap between the three skill set wise that they can all be used like interchangeably to an extent uh like you said maybe less so on the pure like jet sweep well eskridge and Bo can both do that uh maybe Swain, not as much but you know just whatever um in a pinch, maybe. But also the other th- uh, the other thing that um, kind of binds the, those three guys together is that they all have not spectacular, but they all can catch away from their body, like mid sprint, like that's they don't have to stutter. Are we their talking
2: steps. in the the um, the short intermediate area?
1: Yeah, I, w- I would say that. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. I, I know what you mean, like Bo Melton, he'll try to run under the ball and basket, catch it like deep, deep downfield and stuff like that, and time it up which is maybe, I don't know, maybe that's better trying to, cause so that you can keep running. Cause if you have to catch with your hands, like pronated on a deep ball, you're likely no longer facing the end zone. And then, cause you want to be able to, but like on an in-breaking route over the middle, if you're, if you can catch that, if you can catch the ball with your hands away from your body, that means you're not breaking your stride as much. And that can maximize yards after the catch. Right. Mm-hmm. So Eskridge is not of a big frame, but he has hands the ball stick to his hands. Uh, Melton, I saw him catch enough frequently away from his body. Like maybe he'll have a focus drop or something, you know, but it's just, he's not like Lockett where he's trying to time his steps up with the timing of the ball coming out so that he can trap it with his chest. Like he's, and Lockett can catch away from his body, but he, you know, he, he does that a lot. It's like a habit thing. But Melton, Eskridge, Swain, they all can catch the ball away from their body in stride in that intermediate window which is just huge for maximizing your yards after the catch and, and helping the quarterback out. They know they can lead a guy and stuff, maybe put the ball out a little bit more, yeah. Um, things like that. So so that's that's a characteristic that they seem to be coveting right now with Waldron and Dickerson running the offense.
2: Yeah, interesting as well because I feel like the yak in the offense is likely to increase because, like you said, there's going to be more horizontal breaking routes. There's these characters in the team, but also whoever's playing quarterback is going to probably access certain windows which are more conducive to yak. They're less uh, difficult throws as per you know completion uh, percentage above expectation or over expectation, I should, should say. And, you know, therefore yak's there and these guys having the the pass catching uh, traits to be able to do get that done as well. It's quite exciting to me. Eskridge, just going back to him, he's still somehow kind of an unknown in terms of the downfield like uh deep stuff um right. uh, on college i was a bit concerned about him uh catching stuff like that uh he sort of he got brushed off physically he he didn't really know how to separate late i mean the, the the guy to learn from is tyler lockett right because of uh how well he separates late despite being a smaller dude but eskridge college I was that I had down as a concern and then the limited targets he did get deep uh, thinking of I think the preseason perhaps against one against the Colts in the red zone fade I, I may remember but he did struggle with that too both um lower body upper body wise uh struggled to separate um downfield in in that sense of the catch point even though he obviously has a, a very impressive speed so that is a projection and I'm interested to see how that looks preseason i think we'll, we should be starting to get an idea hopefully uh it's a shame he got concussed because that just derails his progress like yeah. he seemed like to have some flashes and then i mean by all accounts is a bad concussion had to go see a specialist so yeah hopefully he's he's fully recovered now
0: and by the way you know speaking of the yak guys uh kate johnson is still on the roster and johnson i mean this guy was incredible in school obviously you know lower competition that you have to um you know uh acknowledge here uh at at south dakota state but i mean um with the ball in his hands just in the open field like he's he was fantastic in school obviously tested poorly but that's another guy and that's kind of been an area that they've struggled in a little bit creating after the catch maybe that's another guy that stands out uh this offseason um so they have yeah, plenty of options. Cody Thompson,
2: that's that's my guy. I like Cody Thompson. He's a good guy. Thompson. He well, whatever. And, and
0: another thing that we have to consider here too is like offensive snaps are going to be pretty limited for the you know even if they do keep a fifth or sixth receiver. And special teams are going to be really important for those guys to make the, the roster because, yeah. you know, they still get the practice squad elevations. They only started last year with with four receivers. So, you know, and they, they opted to just kind of elevate guys at will. And, um, you know, maybe they go that route as well. So, you know, guys are going to have to stand out on, on special teams. And, you know, Melton's really good at that stuff. um, And. uh you know Johnson's done some uh, some returning stuff as well, and so maybe that's where he could factor in. And obviously Thompson's got, you know, he's been pretty pretty damn good as a special teamer. So yeah, for sure.
2: One one thing as well, I'm interested with is Lockett turning 30. Um, what does he mm-hmm. look like with a quarterback who doesn't have the same chemistry with, and with a quarterback who doesn't have Wilson's deep ball accuracy? Does he transition into more? of like a uh, safety blanket, a uh, quick separator in the slot, uh, like uh, Doug Baldwin. I don't think that's really his – I mean, he can yeah. do that, but it's not his strength. Like his strength is still being that deep burner. But as yes. he as he gets older, it'll be interesting to see that.
1: The uh, So on that point, the my main question for the receiving group is now that we assume that on paper they're going to run more of – Pure form Rams offense, quote unquote, and it's no longer the Russell Wilson offense. And design is who's going to be the choice route runner? Who's going to be the guy who just has to win, and the quarterback trusts that he will and will get the ball out like right at the break? Um, is that going to be Lockett? Could that be Eskridge? Could that be DK? My answer, though, really is Noah fan because you mm. can run choice and looky with the Y right depending on what the formation is um
2: well do we want to if you want to transition to fan that would be my choice for the best offensive position group tight end
1: okay all right so late on me talk to
2: no a fan he's he's pretty good right and then will disley is a superb outstanding run blocker who has reliable hands is a bit of a load to bring down got a nice stiff arm uh but you can keep him on the field now. Twelve personnel is kind of a case of: is your second tight end a good enough pass catcher, like uh, respective, respected enough as a pass catcher for a defense to honor him? Well, probably not with Disley, right? Like he, he's not like a complete mismatch. He's not like Aaron Hernandez and uh, Rob Gronkowski back in twenty eleven with the Patriots, but you can still survive on the field with them if you're especially if you're running the ball quite a bit uh and then forcing teams hopefully into base personnel creating the mismatches there uh and then fan griffin is is kind of that all around dude right
1: right and fan is still getting better he's young and he has gotten better at some things year to year he's he's uh You know, we talked about catching away from your body earlier. He's getting better at contorting toward the ball. Um, you think like those um seam routes where you've got bodies all around you and stuff, and just catching in short windows, tight windows. He's getting better at that, and that allows the quarterback to put the ball at different locations, you know, Um, relative to those defenders, too. He is getting better at that. He's incredible after the catch, which that's another. That's another really interesting thing um, to look for in both under center and gun. But like a lot of their gun drop back, like all the low reads in this offense just turns like normal, like little hook routes and little like out routes into into like, you know, they, they turn into a pivot route or they turn it into a return route just so that the guy that catches the ball is always in motion when they're catching it. And that's just where, you know, you'd rather have Fant even in a medium paced stride than like stationary. But if he is stationary, he can get going in a hurry too. So that he could, he'll really just generate explosives the way Everett and Higby did for the Rams. Like just both those guys are incredible athletes after the catch, probably even more so. He'll just take off on a six yard catch, right? So yeah, that's exciting.
2: And yeah, very exciting. And you know, the Rams, they did kind of evolve from 11 personnel While we haven't really seen this, the pure Rams experience here, given the quarterback uh, of of the past, we haven't seen that in 11 personnel. I do think Seattle will lean more onto the 12 personnel because of things they can do out of it, and therefore, you know, with the wide receiving talent we spoke about, it's going to be even harder for those guys to get their reps. And you know, Seattle was in 12 personnel last year, 27% of the time per sharp football. This year, I'd expect that number to be much, much closer to 50%, if not over 50%, right? Like the, they have a real, real uh, options there. And then Colby Parkinson, uh, he's entering his third year in the league. So it's kind of now, or sort of, you're starting to worry about him. But 6'7, and with the different quarterback, you're, you're speaking about how Fant can be used. Now, Fant's a different level of athlete, but Parkinson's 6'7, and I feel like, you know, down the seam, scene read kind of deal. He can, yeah. he can do that kind of stuff. He's like that, you know. Okay, Disley's not getting it done. Maybe you could say Disley's not getting it done in the receiving game. Let's mix in Parkinson too. With fan, uh, uh, you know, you can, you can do stuff with him. Tyler yeah. Mabry down the depth chart. He's um he's at twenty five now, but he's kind of in that shorter squatter mold. He he, he can run blocks. He showed a few things in the preseason, but be be interesting. And then they picked up um Cade Brewer as an undrafted free agent who. Yeah. Uh, I, I watched a bit of a Texas. He's kind of like a, like a hate kind of type. It's interesting too.
0: So real quick uh, before I forget here, because you, you kind of mentioned it there with, with Parkinson and a different quarterback. Let me ask you guys this. Um, I'm probably going to sidetrack us a little bit here, but why not? Um, who do you think benefits of all the pass catchers, whether tight end or receiver from a stylistic shift at quarterback? <laughs> Um, Well, that's
2: complicated because like there's elements to where guys can improve and there's elements where they won't benefit. So like Metcalf, right, he's probably Mm going to get unlocked over the middle a bit more, and I'll probably uh, feel a bit harsh for judging his – well, not judging, but regarding his route running as largely like to the sideline stuff. He might be able to show a bit more on the horizontal stuff and and get more targets in that area. However, Russell was kind of the perfect uh, quarterback – for him, in the sense that he spams all the sideline stuff, the stuff that DK is is a mismatch and good at, and where he's likely to be one on one, it's hard to guard him in in that kind of uh, outside space. So, and you can say the same for Lockett, right? Like Lockett, he might get some more over the middle action, but then will he have the same chemistry on the deep ball, the same accuracy on the deep ball as he did with Russell Wilson? That's unlikely i think that i think the end group is the most obvious to me uh Jeff, yeah. do, do you do you think
1: yeah I, I agree with you i agree with everything you said about the receivers um but you know the whole over the middle thing is you're going from like on a per target basis Metcalf and locket are probably not going to be as efficient so no matter how how you slice it they're going to probably they're not benefiting from this change but just from by virtue of the fact that wilson simply you know refused to go over the middle will disley might get more targets than he's ever seen before in his career and part of that's probably just staying healthy too if he stays healthy but Mm -hmm. on a per game basis on a per snap basis he's probably going to be seeing more option more action than he ever has before so just by virtue of that fact yeah i would say the the So, yeah, that's where I'd go there. But I really do think that we'll see that Lockett can be an intermediate separator. He just hasn't had to run those routes. He certainly has, even after all those injuries that he's sustained in his career have added up, I still think he has quite a bit of lateral agility that he'll be able to show off. And he's a crafty route runner that will apply to the intermediate as well.
2: Hmm. Okay. So now the worst position group on the offense. Quarterback. That's the obvious one, right? Uh, yeah. As much as we we love uh, Geno Smith and Drew Lock's hose, um, quarterback is is tough, and it's kind of like with me. I, I want to believe there's something more, like maybe they'll make something. Ha- they can't. And that's it. They're they're riding. Although, if it looks terrible, I do like Baker Mayfield still out there. The Jimmy Garoppolo thing is still hanging. Like yeah, are you gonna do anything with that, or is, it just is there
1: drama in Nashville to perhaps exploit? Yeah,
2: okay, right. So basically, you're holding out hope too because you're having to invent these fantasies.
1: <laughs> I'm just following <laughs> the tea leaves.
0: That's all I'm doing. All right. Okay. So is uh, is there is there a quarterback out there that is not currently on the roster, but Mayfield, Garoppolo, Tannehill, that would make this position group not the worst on the offense?
2: Well, Griffin said this before, but like if you look at Baker Mayfield's um, rookie year uh, mm-hmm. when he's like operating in like bootleg stuff, it's quite a slight that he was pretty good.
1: Like, he was even good in dropback too. I mean, he was legitimately a good quarterback the last like eight weeks of his rookie year. And then he's been a fundamentally different quarterback in process and execution ever since. And I don't know why the best he's ever like Stefanski didn't even bring it out of him. Like, yeah, he so, needs,
2: he needs uh, the offensive mind of Freddie Kitchens. Is this what
1: you? Well, it wasn't even so. What wasn't the rumors that it was whoever, like Kitchens got the promotion based off of what Baker did the second half of his rookie year, right? Yeah. But it wasn't the rumor that it was really the quarterback coach at the time that was the guy that was like getting Baker playing like he's never played before. Um, and then that guy's like not even, he's like coaching in college now. I always forget the guy's name. Um, but point being, to answer the question, I only think of all those names, Tannehill's the only guy that I would feel good about saying. That. Like I think Ryan Tannehill's a good quarterback in that like 10 to 13 range. Of best quarterbacks in the league. Um Ken easy
0: uh, Yeah, Ken Zampezi. <coughs> oh, so
2: he's the quarterback's coach for the commanders.
0: Oh,
1: is he? Interesting. Mm. Uh since when? wikipedia Uh, uh whatever. Since uh twenty
2: twenty.
0: Interesting.
1: Mm. And I guess Heineke. He yeah, he, like he had gone quarterback
0: yeah so after the brown stuff he went to the uh the aaf and then he was at florida and then he got a job with washington
1: in mm-hmm. 2020 so um cool um so yeah I, if mayfield is probably better than gino or drew would be just by uh, just because he's just more ready to go because he has a recent You know substantial experience Mm. but and i have no hopes for gino or drew in terms of what to expect but there is a curiosity there right um gino looked sharp in that jags game and there are things to isolate in the previous two games really previous three games including that rams game where he came in yeah there's something there with gino and so the question is can it be harnessed and then can you build out of whatever it is that you're are harnessing there can can it be where can he execute at a level where surrounding talent and and scheming can actually uh make make him look better than he innately is whereas i don't think just to contrast with wilson i think wilson is styled such that there's no scheming you can do um to an extent, there's no rostering you can do that will make him fundamentally better. It's just Russ is what he is so long as you reach a threshold of talent and and there might be diminishing returns and increasing the talent. It doesn't mean there won't be returns, but it might be diminishing relative to the next quarterback. And there's no scheming you can do. You can scheme guys open and he may not throw it, but then he'll create his own big play the next snap anyway, regardless of mm. what you call But with Gino, you... you especially Gino, because we've seen more of him. He has enough arm talent, and he has decent process. That can you actually build something here? But um, even before you get to that point, man, my curiosity lies in, he is, regardless of how good he will or will not be, he is certainly styled a certain way. And that style will, I think, will make them run an offense that is just drastically different with what they did with Wilson meaning spend more time in under center you can run a wider scope of under center concepts you can build out of certain things differently and then when you go into gun you probably see less quick game and you see more of a comprehensive drop back game where there's a little bit more um progression passing and you are looking to get chunk gains in the intermediate more frequently like what Jared Goff did I mean if it's so it's it's crazy they they, Jared Goff, they built an elite passing game for about three years with Jared Goff. So, And Shane Waldron and Andy Dickerson were in the building for that. So mm-hmm. they know it's possible. That doesn't mean lightning is going to strike twice, but it's they know it's possible. I don't think Pete thinks Gino's the long-term answer, but I also know that Pete thinks there's a, po- a remote possibility, a remote plausibility even. So let's see what happens. And uh, a lot will probably de- Depend on how the offensive line grows. Well, uh, but they certainly have the the guys that catch the ball. They have enough talent there. So. Well,
2: with with uh, with Gino or Drew Locke under center as well, uh, how it works with with the fact that they they'll be presumably doing more uh, condensed splits, um, more of a kind of Rams style approach and offense for the reasons we've outlined, right? The way that that kind of lends itself to being training wheels, and that like blends with the run action, the run game, like carrying a quarterback, and meaning, like I mean, we saw it at off, like the easy throws, like within the structure, re- like robot kind of style. I th- like you should be able to build stuff around that. It's quite an optimistic take, but like it, it should be good. Like right? that's why it is interesting to see what how that's going to play out, what we're going to yeah. get from them not when Gino's coming into a game where where he's unexpectedly in and then the game plan since that point were all based off the Russ kind of style of offense like they couldn't change it up at that point um having it actually catered to either one of the well it's not even going to be catered to either quarterback it's going to be a very um it's going to be Waldron's offense right at, yeah. yeah when when there's when the starter wins the job, then they'll cater a bit more, but it'll still be very um, training wheels, um, you know, run action, run friendly Rams style kind of approach uh, with Goff, we suspect, right? Like that's surely the expectation. Right, right. So so you mentioned the offensive line and I guess the other worst position group, you could say tackle, but that feels harsh because they have upgraded it and it's kind of, it's an unknown right
1: whereas the interior of the offensive line is a bit more known I yeah uh first off the main change that occurred Austin Blythe uh we we talked about him a little bit but um he's great to have in there just because he knows he knows how to set protections and that will help with Gino Andrew with the quarterback change um he'll be like a a stabilizing presence there. That said, I don't know about Locke, but Gino is actually pretty good pre-snap, I think, um, setting protections. So I think that's just more the merrier with Blythe in that regard. But Blythe has has been a good center in the past. So we'll see what goes on there. If if anything, even if he is no better than like what we saw of Posick toward the end of the year, we can at least expect him to be that for a full 17 games. So that that's exciting right there. At guard, Gabe Jackson. According to PFF, had a down year last year. He did get nicked up uh, in the middle of the season. So, to me, my main question is, can he stay healthy? Um, Damian Lewis also got hurt, and he's had very good stretches, and then he's also had some bad games in uh, mm. pass protection. Um, but Damian I wonder, Lewis...
2: I wonder his move from right to left, like... I do wonder that. It as, uh, I think, a brushing-your-teeth analogy. But um, yeah. that is... Little that less have, physical pressure That didn't either. seem to do him much good.
1: Right. So does the extra year help? Um, but, uh, you know, it's year three is a big year for offensive linemen, you know, mm-hmm. uh, coming into the league. So can he put together a healthy year? Can Gabe Jackson put together a healthy year? And then we'll see what they're the extent of um, the interior uh, potential is. But I, I think that they have the talent. Like Damian Lewis is very talented, and he was a big part of that the offensive line turnaround last year. Like, they had good pressure numbers and pure dropback situations the last five, six games of the year last year. Um, and Damian Lewis is part of that. Um, yeah, you know.
2: it, it seems almost harsh to say to put this in one of the worst position groups, but because, like, as you realistic. say, when they're, when they're at their best, like is it's like good it's a good offensive line like yeah we, we said when when um you know it comes out Russell was not a bad offensive line well he didn't so
1: he the, the the line was definitely bad at times last year and but i i point that to injury and then not just injury but then the downstream effect of that affecting continuity that's really on paper i think they have the talent to be good offensive line but really continuity is the biggest question like Charles Cross will be a good left tackle, but it will probably take him some time. And then then there's the communication aspect of it, which is huge. That's where (laughs) offensive lines become greater than the sum of their parts, right? You can't build communication without experience. So there's Mm. going to be, you know, a a learning curve. They're only returning uh, two-fifths of their offensive line last year. Yeah, and that's
2: the concern because, like, uh, You're mentioning continuity, not just with past pro, but like the run blocking. They established Absolutely. such a nice chemistry up like front. Lewis that dominant... and
1: POSIC looked like they were best friends out there. Yeah, blocking. you
2: and you were a big advocate for. Um, well, I don't know about big, but you were an advocate for re-signing Postic because of the progress and the chemistry that they showed down the stretch, right? And 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 the run game was so dominant, and it's now like, well, we had such a dominant run game of Penny back there. But now, and you could mention actually running back is one of the best positions. We kind of glossed over that, but it definitely is stacked. Even if Carson, um, even if Carson's unable to to keep playing, they've still got uh, Penny, uh, Walker, and then Homer's is a great passing down back. But the run blocking is more important. And the, the run blocking chemistry, it might take them a while to find it. Hopefully not, but it might. And at which point, then what's carrying the... <laughs> The whole training wheels I was mentioning, the carrying, the protecting of a quarterback with run game, run action, that's gone. And then it's a problem because for for all of this to work, the the run game has to be efficient. And it was amazingly efficient last year. This year, there's a question mark with the interior offensive line, lack of cohesion, uh, lack of continuity, two out of five, that deal.
1: Yeah. So uh, a big old we'll see, but there's potential there. Sometimes you say, I oh, will see, but you don't feel like there's a lot of potential. Mm. I'm pulling the we'll see card, but with optimism.
2: There we go. So me, not to put words in your mouth. So how, I mean, obviously the importance of quarterback is, is kind of unavoidable and um, it's exciting. Some, sometimes I'm excited. Sometimes I'm terrified. I guess they go hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. But, Aside from that, well I know, no, no. Factor that in. What how do you feel about the overall state of, of the offense in, heading into 2022? Are there any moves you'd like to see them make um apart from the course of that because you kinda got into that uh
1: uh so <laughs> I don't th- well so the signing of Marquise Goodwin probably puts this out of out of possibility, but why not go sign julio jones no! it takes to the tango it's not just say like oh they should do this i mean he has to agree to sign even if the money's right he's like well i don't want to go to seattle why would i go to seattle you know like that could be part of it like some players just seattle doesn't exist to them and then also it's totally valid to want to go to a good quarterback situation especially uh a receiver of of his caliber and profile and knowing that he doesn't have very many years left in his playing career. Um, so, I mean, yeah, he probably wants to go to an established team. I don't know why he's in the green Bay Packer already, honestly, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's that side of it. That would be cool. And also there are just for fun to point this out. There are clear cut correlations when Seattle's, um, when Seattle's, uh, personnel at, at the pass catching positions improves uh, year to year, the pass rate does increase. and when those uh, when there's the depletion there a roster attrition via injury or you lose them the next offseason, the pass rate relative to whatever baseline they establish decreases. So what that is to say is Pete Carroll and his offensive coordinators will pass more based off of what they have at, per, um, at receiver and tight end. Obviously Seattle has three targets, big targets that are established, including Fant with Noah or with uh, Tyler and DK. And then they've got, we discussed the promising depth there as well. But if you add Julio Jones to an offense that already has Julio and, or that already has DK and Tyler and Noah Fant, they're going to be passing the ball a lot. Um, so like that just, that's where Pete naturally goes. History guides us, shows us that, um, so just for that part of it, it'd be like, oh, they're they're gonna they're gonna light it up with Geno Smith, regardless of what the results are. They're gonna go for it. Um, so that's another another reason why. Um, so yeah, thirty
2: three so. year old Julio Jones, yeah,
1: he was still really good in Tennessee last year before he got hurt. I mean, He looked like Julio.
2: Not like when they signed uh, Owens.
1: Hopefully, he'd be a lot better than that for whatever okay. team he's signing. But what,
2: why, why Julio? not? Yeah,
1: Odell Beckham. Yes, yeah same thing same concept for me okay interesting yeah.
2: don't think that'll happen but the discussion implies to me the overall apart from quarterback this is a pretty loaded uh offense
0: yeah and no real hole. at the very That's least it. it's like there aren't any more moves i would necessarily make it's like the offensive line is kind of a question mark because a lot of it is just projection right now with the tackles, but yeah, it's also like, I'm not going to replace the tackles. I'm not going to (laughs) replace any of the interior guys at this point. So it's just more, I think they're good. I think they're like at a point where it's just, there isn't really a a need to do anything. Like they could add a running back to maybe push DJ Dallas. I, I don't, but other than that, I don't, I don't, I can't really think of anything yeah. other than the quarterback, of course.
2: Well, DJ Dallas has um, Josh Johnson, like Griffin.
1: That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's Josh Johnson is actually really getting pass protection too, which is interesting. He could be a three down back. Um, but yeah, so like we know what Penny is. Can he stay healthy? I hope so. This is probably his last year on the Seahawks anyway. Kenneth Walker was definitely drafted so that they don't extend Penny no matter how good he is this year um dj dallas is a nice utility player good special teamer etc uh i don't know what the deal is with chris carson technically he's still a seahawk um and i don't know what his medical situation is i don't know what happens there um if he's healthy though i mean i i I wish we could have seen pete chris carson peak chris carson running behind the line last year toward the end right um, it was awesome yeah. to see it with Penny, but what would Chris have done with that? Right. Yeah. I hope Josh Johnson makes the team. Um, I hope he stays on the practice squad if not, because I think he could be a future, like high usage running back. Um, so yeah, I have the,
2: I have something as well. We talked about oh, kind Travis of how Homer lit- too. Well, yeah, his, uh, an elite, uh, passing down back, um, in terms of protection, but, um, What We talked about how Lockett's usage may potentially change with a quarterback, and that sort of needs to be factored in. Um, But I kind of wanted to ask, well, sort of raise Metcalf in terms of his yak. Like, whenever he caught a pass in, in the kind of intermediate, like, he's always, that seems like a threat to take that to the house, right? Like, if he breaks a tackle, then cuts it across field, then he's gone. But with Russ, we didn't see that necessarily as much that's something where I think perhaps the, depending on who the quarterback is and whatnot I feel like we might see more of that but less of like the deep sideline stuff like vertical but then maybe in like the low red zone like we saw with Gino he sort of unlocks him in the kind of vert, go up and get the football uh, like back shoulder fade stuff potentially I don't know do you have any thoughts on this?
1: Well, so, Yeah I mean I agree that DK will still be good down the sideline no matter who his quarterback is because he's so good at running those routes but there is no better quarterback for DK Metcalf and how he plays down the sideline at least outside the numbers in the NFL than Russell Wilson like I even would if I was DK I would probably prefer Russ even over like Rogers and Mahomes even just for that aspect like running those routes because I don't know how Russ does it but he does it but that said One thing that Russ and DK did struggle with outside the numbers were those short fades, those, those quicker setup fades, right? Where the ball needs to be a flatter and it's not because Russ is inaccurate throwing it. It's not because, well, yes, DK is not the best go up and get it. Receiver of his size. Right. But for whatever reason, he definitely had more chemistry with Gino And Gino would throw those frozen ropes and hit the back shoulder and DK would just go and pluck it. He he got, um, well, he had the one, you know, back shoulder uh, touchdown um, against the Jags, but he also had that one over the shoulder uh, against the saints where it's just like, that's a really, that's a hard ball to fit in there. And Russ wouldn't throw those type of fades or go balls um, in one-on-one situations. Ironically, he would against cover two, like a whole shot, but like the one-on-one technique for whatever reason, it just works for Gino and DK. Um, he also Gino also had a similar ball on the wheel route, I think, to Tyler. Or no, it was a fade against the um against the Saints. And it was a little underthrown, but it was a type of trajectory that Russ just for whatever reason doesn't throw that type of ball there in that situation. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, could there be a little bit more there uh with those quicker setup fade balls uh on the perimeter? So that that's that's something to to look for. Um with Gino. Now, we're, we're talking a lot about Gino here, though. Drew Locke, Gino Smith is, is not a bad arm talent. But Drew Locke is ge- genuinely very talented. And it's not just yeah. arm strength. He's capable of being highly accurate. And a lot of his bad plays are bad decisions. And not even like a bad read, per se. It's like he's trying to do something he shouldn't try to do. Like he's very conscious of what he's doing. It's just like, don't do that. Don't try to do that um but but shane waldron he the um the seahawks youtube channel you know like they do those film sessions uh with with uh you know with coaches and they did it with waldron for both drew Locke and noah Fant. and he mentioned because when they got to the no fan t- uh, tape Bridgewater was throwing the ball but so is lock in some of the examples and twice waldron's really emphasizing lock's ability to make every throw on the football field and the entire premise of the Rams offense at least what they did with Goff, is boxing the quarterback's decision making in to as like small a like base of operation as possible like as but the offensive design can be intricate but what the quarterback is reading is really simple actually a lot of process of elimination yeah
2: the training wheels which we
1: the the training wheels in both under center and gun now it gets a little bit more they put more on the shoulders in under in in gun But that said, Locke likes to get the ball out of his hand. He likes to even check down, even when he shouldn't. Like, hey, dude, go for it. Again, theoretically, if you can scheme the structure for him and you are asking him, you only do this, you only do that, and then if it's not there, get the ball to your outlet. Get the ball to the running back or tight end in the flat or on the little through hook route through the the line of scrimmage, right? And he will do that. If you tell him to get the ball out of his hand, he will. Like, he shows it on tape. If, if you can just cull from his experience situations where he'd do something really stupid, um, and then box him into that and then grow from it. I'm sure Waldron's thinking, okay, if I can get him to do that, the arm talent is tantalizing. Now he might, he might value more Geno Smith's decision-making better, more value it, his better decision-making more. So it really depends. Pete Carroll also said, um, that Drew is handling the offense well, but Gino has he said like essentially full control over it. Yeah. Shane might just think, okay, I like my receivers. I actually like my offensive line. If I think Gino, who is a lesser arm talent, can still run the offense, let's go. I can get the guys open for him. Just throw the ball. Gino will get to the spot if it's there. And again, it's it's Gino with the full camp as the one, theoretically. It's Gino with the full preseason as the one. It's not him coming off the bench. Running an offense that is meant for another quarterback like he did last year, and they gradually shifted toward what Gino does um, over the course of three and a half games. It's the whole thing is meant for Gino now. So, so it's the
2: ultimate ceiling versus floor playing out a quarterback, it sh- although it, obviously it sure is. Yeah, it's not, yeah, although it's obviously not as um, black and white as that because, as you say, if Gino is going to be playing in it, to, you know with good receiving talent and understanding the offense even though he doesn't quite have the ability to push the ball all the way downfield like lock and make some crazy throws i mean he can still put up big time numbers potentially wow yeah. and now, I think, now i'm getting drawn in
1: i know it's i know i'm my... I, i'm it's all about the optimism see what i do is i frame it as though like oh i'm just saying this i'm just i'm just asking questions and then mm. i shift toward gradual full-fledged optimism
2: very um, you're, you're just being curious, curious yeah
1: man. i'm i'm just yeah uh but so i think what can really to kind of come full circle what i think can really uh what will really determine the whatever potential this offense has given the quarterbacks is can Eskridge be a high target share receiver relative to the fact that he's got DK and Tyler and Fant ahead of him. In fact, I think in a perfect world, DK and Tyler are leading the team in targets, but Eskridge would actually match Fant in target share. And that would mean that they've got like the quarterback can go anywhere with the ball and Eskridge is getting open and gun and he is, you know, getting open and under center and he's running out yards after the catch. He can be like, Eskridge can be, um, like, l- l- let's take their staple concept, right? Like, the play-action dig, which Rams call it strike. Shanahan calls it drift, right? Where it's just a little speed-cut dig at anywhere between 8 to 12 yards. And you're breaking into the hole off of under, usually under center wide zone play action, sometimes drift. But the beauty of the concept is it's not like there's nothing special about a dig route, right? Like when it's like it's, it's almost a one read progression and then you hit the check down. Sometimes it's a two read progression. But the beauty of that concept is that you can run it out of the formation to either receiver with uh, pl- with the zone action going against the grain of the route or with the grain of the route or the the route goes against or with. Yeah. The, so like there is like four different combinations you can run. So it can't just be DK running it anymore. Um, they need Tyler to run it, and they need the other guy that's on the line of scrimmage to run it. That would probably be Eskridge, but it can also be Fant too. Um, so that if, if they're really going full throttle with this thing, then they have as many guys that are on the field that can run those routes. And then also, it's not just if you can run more strike, X strike. You're not just running more X strike. You're running all the other concepts that are based off of that progress and sequence off of the same formations and stems initial stems so waldron can actually run his shit now sorry language um the higher ups will really get me for that one but mm. i'm just saying like that's that's what it needs to be they need escridge to be that guy and also long-term picture they want clearly want escridge to be a locket replacement i don't know if that will happen but can he be a high target player with those three ahead of him and that will be I think that is what will define the. Well, what potential. does what
2: does high targets look like though? So like, I mean, I think talk, in maybe talk talk target share rather than
1: target share. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's what I mean. But I think volume wise, if he gets fifty targets this year, that's exciting because we assume Tyler and DK are getting ninety plus. Yeah. And Fant is getting around fifty to sixty. Fifty seems um,
2: steep. The other thing with him as well is. If they're able to be under center more i feel like the fly sweep is probably more effective um
1: Agreed. but, but, but that, the, that's also what makes strike special because any guy could be the the motion man and anyone could be it could be the x it could be the the slot or the z could be the motion man and the well, slot or the z could be the yeah the, um, the, the, drift the, split,
2: the split action which you you can include with it right the sift across from the the attached wing could even be fan who's got
1: that kind of absolutely
2: uh uh because he's the outlet then he's he's the
1: check down it's sometimes it's not always the running back it doesn't have to be Todd Gurley it can you know what I mean it could be it was sometimes Higby or Everett I mean fan Mm. you want him in that situation frequently and that's also that's also where they're sorry to cut you off Manny but that's where Disley being as good as possible is another has like positive downstream effects because if he is good enough to be the Y, that means Fant can be the U. He's off the ball doing the sift action, like you said, and that means they can interchange them. Fant can be on the line of scrimmage running the dr- the drift routes and the dig routes or the, the outbreaking routes from inline, and then Disley can do it. So they really force the, they force the defense to honor all permutations of what they do off of the same looks.
2: So already the... The pieces, the state of the offense has us kind of in and personnel wise has us envisioning the schematic possibilities. And what you've basically said is there's numerous pieces that can be plug and played into the the Waldron McVeigh, whatever you want to call it, scheme. The, so
1: the talent is there, the archetype. So you see why I'm saying try to trade for Ryan Tannehill. you see why I'm trying to manufacture drama in Nashville? Because if you airdrop in a quarterback that we all agree is good. It doesn't have to be top five. Well, it was this offense is humming, scoring twenty-five points a game, man.
2: It was absolutely <laughs> abhorrent what uh, Ryan Tannehill said about Malik Willis. It was absolutely horrible. disgusting. They, they gotta
1: get him out of there. How can you expect him. a locker room to to exist with that kind of toxicity? Yeah, what about yeah, the that's not uh, the locker NFL way. Chemistry? Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like veterans never do that. Or Malik.
1: Let, let Malik play quarterback, let him progress in the NFL without a toxic mm. personality like Ryan Tannehill in front of him, making well, things hard for him.
2: All of this is why I was actually kind of in on board with drafting Malik Willis because I thought you had all the pieces there, you could give him the training wheels, you could you could keep him in like this kind of the, the structures of the plays and very very clear read progressions of bang bang and just lose his arm and then if it all goes to crap, run with him.
1: Yeah, that would actually be f- That'd be fun. I wonder – the the Titans' offense would be so different with Willis just because they would be doing so much stuff out of the gun with him running. You know what I mean? Option and everything, the quarterback run game, and that would change their sequencing. They'd have to spend less time in under center so that their pass rates don't dip like sub 40% basically. Um,
2: uh, I'm interested to see if he can run the – throw the digs or if he will like that's the big thing that's that's what dissuades you from adding him in seattle it sort of negates all the cool strike stuff we're talking about if you can't do that
1: right that's i mean just what you were saying earlier about willis that's the same thing for me except of course with desmond ritter
2: well that's why you know i i I liked both in different ways i could i I was happy to talk myself into both i don't have to now i'm talking myself into gino or drew so there we go
1: Gino or Drew. Who do you <clears throat> as it stands right now, before preseason games, before all the training camp rumors hit, guys, all three of us, who would you who do you want to be the starting quarterback week one based off what we know white right, right now? And you can even make a projection of what you think might happen in training camp or preseason.
2: Ty.
0: Uh lock because Upside and this year might be lost one way or another might as well just go with the more upside and I think more upside is clearly on you know with uh, with Locke than Gino Um, But for all the reasons that you mentioned too, it's like Gino knows the offense and We saw some good stuff particularly in that Jacksonville game that maybe he can actually you know keep them competitive more than, than Locke because Locke is just kind of, he's a wild card. You don't really know, but he's younger. There's, I don't know. There's the the arm talent is, is really intriguing. It's just, can he become a better decision maker or can he be that Jared Goff where you can just scheme for him and he can just execute, but do you trust him to execute? So, but I would still go Locke here. um, Ideally, they acquire someone else, though. But that's not what you asked. So,
1: Drew will. Oh, good answer though.
2: It's a uh, it's a tough one because yeah, I, if Lock wins out, then I think the offense is going to be better in twenty twenty two because he's beat Gino, who has that command of the offensive language. That's right? that
1: would be a good sign. Yeah, it yeah. would be a
2: good sign because, or, assuming Gino hasn't just collapsed, right. However, I, I I'll say Gino. Like, I want it to be Gino. Good, good on him. Like what a story, right? Like to come back, and yeah. become an NFL starter. And he, he was good. I mean that that Jaguars game or Jaguars jaguars. How do you say? It?
1: It's spelled J A G W I R E in America. Yes,
2: yeah, jaguars
1: in North America. Jaguars. Okay. It's. it's um,
2: Their defense was abysmal, but yeah. Gino made some really good throws, and there was a bit mm-hmm. of stuff with Lockett, which is there. The pre I just can't wait to watch them in the preseason.
0: Yeah, didn't Lockett just, have, like, like, 12 catches on that game, the Jacksonville game?
2: Yeah, yeah, he went absolutely off, and there was the DK yeah. stuff. They, were, I mean, they, the Jags were playing, like, man coverage and, like, busting everything and, like, just terrible. Like, they'd never been prepared, basically but there was still some tight windows like t- t- like high cpoe throws i'd say yeah but, and um, also yeah yeah and also
1: and also from a neutral perspective if i wasn't a seahawks fan i would want to see gino because this gino's not going to get another chance after this that's what you know, i'm saying drew now. drew by virtue of being younger will get another chance eventually sure. but um uh, the reason why i lean gino and I see the merits, I see merits to both. The reason why I see Gino is probably just because I we never got that itch scratched of wanting to see just one more Gino game after. Yeah, the Jacks Ru- game. Russell
2: mm-hmm. coming back. I mean aside we from just the fact Gino played more. well, Russell coming back like what, four weeks too soon?
0: It's just yeah. Let me let me ask you guys this. Considering the way that they played against Green Bay defensively, you know, holding Rogers to seventeen, you think they win that game with Gino?
1: yeah so one score yeah. game
0: at least i think it's just and tight
1: It's so, tight. So, so the main thing to like really really qualify what the jags game was with gino yes he made those really well placed shot plays and like you know those over routes like those that intermediate to deep routes that he hit on and he looked very accurate but what's what's really interesting about that game to me is that like you know we talk about oh quick game concepts and then like pure drop back you know five-step drop concepts and again like a five-step drop concept from gun the quarterback is literally taking three steps but it's a gun three equals five-step concept so again with russell wilson and again the jags game is a one game sample so i'm not getting too crazy with this but with russell wilson year to year by percentage of total dropbacks um he it's like 30% 30% of his dropbacks are quick game. That's an absurdly high rate. You're not going to be an efficient offense on paper doing it that much, unless you're incredibly efficient, getting the ball downfield in your other stuff, which lo and behold, uh, Russell and, Wilson and, is.
2: And Griff from quick game, if you're not necessarily always honoring the structure, of quick game. So you're improvising and then you're finding a big play out of it. Right.
1: Yeah, that's right. But, and then, so, right. So there's, a lot of quick game with Russ and then not only is it a lot of quick game it's not even the interesting quick game like you can't get to the second level with him very much for the no. same reason he doesn't go over the middle like it's just stick and snag and slants and all that and a little bit of spacing it's never stick nod it's never stick dig you saw a little bit of snag inverted snag dig in 2020 with shoddy then it just all fell apart right but so 30 percent quick game and then like a league low bottom three bottom five some years a league low 20 percent of his offense was five-step right so it's just like the percentages stayed the same with gino in the saints game for the most part and the um the Steelers game but then the jags game again one game sample size one play in either direction can change the percentage but he was like 35 36% five step and then he only had like four true quick game concepts in gun and then when they were in gun the pass rate in gun was higher with Geno that game than it was with Russell Wilson for almost every single year of his career so what that tells us is they were running the Rams offense they were running the Goff offense in that game can well, you can you at well, least
2: um, from a from a from a play type like not not from a not necessarily from an ap- uh, appearance. Well, well, more I from mean, like play type into sense of like you know f- quick game versus five step drop that sort of stuff. But not in the sense like they weren't able to fully. That was the most Geno. It looks right like the most cases Geno, right. but still it was still based yeah. off the core of Russell stuff. So that was well, only but, but that was like.
1: It though? Because yeah. because so they were also so like with Russ, you spend usually in your early down snaps, no more than forty percent of your snaps under center because you want to have a, a less a lower pass rate when you're in gun, which means more gun, which means mm. less under center total. Right. The the splits with Gino again, one game and it's still not as much as Goff, but mm. Goff is like sixty plus percent under center with, with the Rams. Gino is fifty-six percent under center early down. And that means when you go into gun to get your total pass rate up, you have to pass it a higher clip. They pass it a higher clip with Gino. And not only did they pass it a higher clip, it was 84% that game with Russ. It's usually anywhere between 60 and 75. They were actually running a drop back offense. They had called like 10 five-step concepts in early down. Yes, you're and right. Like, Even and like the- four quick game concepts. And the the the, the dropback concepts concepts we saw very little of with russ where they were wraps, where you've got like a hitch a and a dig you got like that that play called called like arches or it's an, an over the middle just at the intermediate at the first level route where you got like a, a shallow followed by like a quick seam like in breaker yes and that's where that's where Gino was hitting Swain, and Swain was running for yards after the catch with it. They called that like three all, times.
2: All intermediate deals.
1: Right, and so and huh? then and then here's another one. In three games with Gino, when they're in under center, they called strike. You know that play action digger out five times in three games with Gino. They called it three times all year in fourteen games with Russ. So that makes me think that they were building toward running. Which Waldron's like, well, I'll just do what I did with Goff with Gino. So that's that's where I. That's where I was really wanting just one more game. Well, we all were. One more game with Geno, not just for his performance against the Jags, but for what would the macro structure of the offense look like, mm. where they actually run the quote-unquote heralded Rams offense. Well, and not
2: so. not to beat, beat, beat around the bush, and I definitely need to watch uh, that Jags game again because you've got me very intrigued now. But the Packers game, where the openings were, some of which Russell missed because his finger was obviously not right, but some of which Russ just doesn't access or the the plays called weren't really suited to beating them, combination of all three. But I I feel like that kind of Gino offence that you described would have been much better suited to attacking those coverages, along with the fact that they'd have tried to run the ball at a similar rate. But anyway, how well? Yeah. Um, Realistically, you you asked me how I see it playing out. I, I, I just don't think Drew Locke can be as mistake free as he needs to be to win the job like i feel like he's gonna throw a dumb pick or three and you know how important like not turning the football over yeah. is. and i i just don't see how he's i mean i, I hope he proves me wrong but to me i think
1: yeah, yeah. The, co- the the coaches i think if i just had to guess i think the coaches are okay it's gino unless and that unless means drew surprises us yeah. I don't think they think that's impossible, but you know, um, I mean so, I really I really emphasize Pete emphasizing Gino's command over it. So how,
2: how they handle the, um, the the competitions will be interesting. like I I need to go back and look at how they handled it um, back in the day when they didn't have a clear quarterback but in terms of series in the preseason games, like do you give them two series on, two series off to give them a half each? Like you want them against each. similar, you want to get against a similar level of competition, right. though. I True. guess you mix it up, but like their preseason opponents are a bit more varied this year. To and and Steelers, Bears, Cowboys that's a real interesting mix of tough defenses. I don't know what their depth is like, um, but still, like the, there's some interesting uh looks up for them to to face, I'd say.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: Anyway. So I guess this is a vaguely positive positive review of the state of the offensive roster, not too offensive.
1: And where we aren't positive, we're curious. Euphemistic language.
2: Well, we we always aim to be curious, right? And so we'll be curious when it comes to the defense, which we'll focus on next episode because we've spoke for so long about the offense, and, I mean, over an hour of us is far too much time. Thank you for listening. Thanks for watching. Please do uh, rate it. We've had some good five-star ratings on Spotify. I see you guys on Apple Podcasts. I see you guys and hopefully on Spreaker too, but I I haven't checked that one out. But thank you so much, everyone, for listening and uh, watching if if you're on my YouTube. And yeah, we appreciate you.